This is the Truth Podcast, where we question everything and no topic is off limits. I got it all covered. Discover the truths about topics you were never taught in school. Learn the uncomfortable and inconvenient truths about current events, geopolitics, culture, economics, and healthcare. You're now listening to the Truth Podcast. Question everything. And now your host, Richard. I am your host, Richard, and welcome to the debut of the Truth Podcast, where we question everything. I'm glad for you. I'm very happy that you're able to join me on this beautiful Monday morning. Uh, It is September 9th here um, on the Sacramento Valley, and you could be anywhere in the world. You could be doing anything, but you are listening to me, so... Therefore, I appreciate that. Uh, Before we get into today's topic, be sure to like, subscribe, of course, share uh, this podcast with your friends and family. Uh, We do have a website, truthpodcast.net. Please be sure to check that out. We'll have show notes there as well, uh, archived episodes, etc., etc. Also, be sure to like me on Instagram at truthpodcastqe. I'm also on Twitter truth podcast qe all right so getting into today's topic why propaganda fake news is legal in america did did that shock you by the way that statement because yes just for the record u.s government propaganda use against american citizens has been legal for quite some time and it might shock you but I think for most of you that are listening, it probably doesn't surprise you. Wherever you get your mainstream media, or news, quote-unquote, you're going to see a certain pattern. You're going to see anonymous sourcing here. You're going to see uh, fake events. You're going to see fake news. And there's a reason for all of this fake news, particularly in the United States over the last, oh, I don't know, four or five, six years, it's starting to seem that it's getting worse and worse. Um, But you don't have to be a journalist or a political analyst or a sociologist to to notice the huge shift that has happened in the media of the United States. Dozens of television channels, newspapers, magazines, websites, they have all morphed into PR vehicles, at least so it seems. Unbiased journalism is long gone. So... Who do we have to thank for that, right? Is it the Russians? (laughs) Is it our current president, Donald Trump? Is it the media themselves? Well, I think I have an answer for you that might shock you, might surprise you, but it's Barack Obama for who we have to thank for all of this fake news that's been going on. Let me bring you to December 23, 2016. On that day, Barack Obama released a statement. Quote, Today, I have signed into law S-2943, the National Defense Authorization Act for fiscal year 2017. Now, 
The funding of the U.S. military was hardly a surprise, but the Defense Authorization Act has something much more significant buried deep inside of it. Under layers of legislation, the Countering Foreign Propaganda and Disinformation Act. Uh, this was signed by Barack Obama and introduced by two congressmen. And obviously the, the act was meant to combat, quote-unquote, foreign disinformation and manipulation. Well, in reality, it was a little more covert. You see, once upon a time in 1948, we had something that was known as the Smith-Mund Act, or more officially, the U.S. Information and Educational Act of 1948. Now, some of you may have heard of the Smith-Mund Act, but if you have not, the original legislation authorized the United States State Department to communicate to audiences outside the borders of the United States through broadcasting, face-to-face -face contacts, exchanges, including informational, educational, cultural, technical, the publishing of books, magazines, and other media of communication and engagement. Now, the funding of these activities came from legislation passed by the U.S. Congress called Appropriations. So, to shorten this a little bit and make it, you know, to dumb down this, it was basically an act to provide and promote better understanding of the United States among the peoples of the world and to strengthen cooperative international relations. Well, so when you take a look at this, and you go a little bit deeper, this act specified the State Department's propaganda operations outside, keyword, outside, of U.S. borders in a shift from wartime to peacetime use of propaganda as an instrument of the new post-World War II foreign policy. The first restriction of this act was to prohibit domestic propaganda dissemination, which assurances that Congress, academia, and the mainstream media will filter out all that foreign propaganda. So, as you can see, it's worked out pretty well, right? <laughs> I mean, fast forward to today, uh, you don't know what's true or what's not, right? So anyway, the National Defense Authorization Act of 2013, in which the Schmidt-Mund Act was officially amended to allow materials produced by the State Department and Propaganda Board of Directors to be released inside the United States. Let me repeat that. The National Defense Authorization Act of 2013, which Barack Obama signed, into law, basically allowed the Smith-Mund Act to be amended to allow materials produced by our State Department and the BBG, called the Broadcasting Board of Governors, to have those materials produced and released inside the United States. So in other words, government use of propaganda against American people became legal. And free game, obviously. I mean, why else would we have Scenes like this from our State Department spokesman bursting into laughter at welcoming the journalist to his press conference about this, which he referred to sarcastically as an exercise in transparency and democracy. Take a listen. Anyway, welcome to the State Department. I think we have some interns in the back. Welcome. Uh, good to see you in this uh, exercise in transparency and democracy. <laughs> Is that what it is? <laughs> Sorry, I thought it was. I, didn't mean to break I thought it was an exercise, of, an exercise <laughs> in spin and obfuscation. 
All right. Can you tell this is my last briefing before vacation? Uh, okay. So, as you can see, they aren't even trying to pretend anything that they say is true anymore. I mean, that was literally the State Department representative, spokesman, whatever you want to call him, just laughing about it. Saying, yeah, exercising transparency and democracy. Yep, yep. One doesn't have to read between the lines to realize that we are basically being propagandized every day, right? By our government. Our, literally, our government is funding this, right? And, and long, long before the term fake news even hit the mainstream, the United States government made sure to legally infiltrate the country's most influential media outlets. In layman's terms, they legalized propaganda. They made it 100% legal. Isn't that beyond ridiculous? I mean, come on. It's, it's the reality, though. I mean, it's interesting how Democrats and Republicans don't have a problem working together when it comes to controlling the media and making sure to feed nothing but misinformation and propaganda to the public. I mean, the Obama administration laid the foundation for fake news, destroying journalism in the United States. When will America realize and wake up from this atrocity? And will that ever happen? If you're asking me, who knows? But until that actually happens, we are much better off seeking information ourselves, reading conflicting reports, getting two sides of the story, and trying to come up with our own conclusions. I want to play a clip by Naomi Wolf. Uh, this clip was a couple years ago, but it illustrates the information crisis that we're in today. Uh, false flags, fake news, propaganda, you name it. And um, it's interesting, but I want you to take a look and listen. I won't play the entire clip. It's about eight minutes or nine minutes or so, but I think it's important to hear her perspective about propaganda in the United States. Take a listen. What do you think of what happened in Boston when we were looking oh, for bombing? pressure cooker and two teenagers, you know, and then they took over the whole city and shut it down. And to me, that looked a whole lot like martial law. Yeah. Um, oh, God, I can't believe. See, this is why I didn't want to give this talk, because I knew that we have this conversation. And now it's on the record. All right. Let me take a step back. And a, no, no, you ha we have to deal with it. Let me take a step back and a deep breath, because this is a very painful thing to talk about. Um, so all over the world, we know, it's well established, uh, the State Department intelligence agencies engage in theater, and it's what they do, it's spycraft, to create um, spectacles and events that people may not realize are spectacles and events, but that, well, like the, um, the overthrow of Mossadegh in the 50s in Iran. Uh, it, they, they'll funnel money to protesters, they'll, you know, fly people in to infiltrate protesters, they'll create fake newspapers, and so on. So we know that this happens in countries around the world. I believe that a law has been passed in the United States, I think it's part of the Defense Authorization Act, I need to confirm this, that, pardon me, now makes it legal to propagandize American citizens. Is that, do we know about that? Sure. Yeah, it's true. And is it in the NDAA or is it in something else, do we know? It's a separate bill. It's a separate bill, and it's been passed, it's now law? Do we know what the, two years ago. Do we know what the name of it is? Oh, thank you. Will you send me the link? Yeah. Thank you. So what this means is, and I, 
you know, as a journalist to say these words, just I can't tell you with what a heavy heart I say them, but we've entered an era in which it is not crazy to assess news events to see if they're real or not real. And in the United States as well as overseas. And in fact, it's kind of crazy not to. Now, you know, there's so much uh, hype about what I just said, and, and so I want to be very clear about it so it can't be taken out of context. <clears throat> you know, there's, <clears throat> pardon me, this kind of reflexive vilification of anyone speculating about that because they become a conspiracy theorist, right? Well, just bear with me. You know, I've often thought about this because our intelligence agencies, and for, I respect spies, I mean, you know, who are doing, like before it got out of control, I believe we need intelligence, I believe we need intelligence agencies. I don't think there's anything dishonorable about being in the intelligence services if you obey the Constitution and the law. Um, but all over the world, our intelligence services are engaged in conspiring to create outcomes. That's their job, that's how they're successful. So <clears throat> now that it's illegal to propagandize in the United States, uh, it doesn't surprise me that there's more and more um, products coming up in popular culture, more and more events in the news stream that seem to be, to my eye, to be subsidized. Uh, let me give you some examples of that. I'm not talking about Boston right now. I'll, I'll, I'll get to that. We also talked earlier about infiltrators, right? and how they provoke violence. This is well established. So if we know that infiltrators by the police, NYPD, they've been documented, or other police forces, dress up like people they are not and provoke violence, why is it unthinkable that there might be spectacles that might drive an outcome in the news stream? Let me give you a couple of quick examples. And all I'm saying is we unfortunately, and I have to say this to my fellow journalists as well, we've entered a time in which we need to be very skeptical about the news stream and look at it critically and ask for more verification and more inquiry. And that's just being good reporters. And it makes it like this, there's spectacle fed into the news media in China. There's spectacle fed into, like Chile. How did Pinochet, you know, engage in his coup? He created uh, photographs of a cache of weapons that the terrorists had, you know, hidden. Was it real? Was it not? Most historians think it wasn't. I mean, this is like not unusual, you know, in the process of creating a closed society. So if laws have made it legal to assassinate American citizens and legal to propagandize them, why should it be crazy or weird to think that that might be for a reason, right? All right, I saw the movie uh, Zero Dark Thirty, thank you very much, and I have worked on two presidential campaigns, so I recognize political talking points. And I wrote a piece saying, this reads like the Pentagon signed off on the script. Because there were like chunks of political talking points identifiable to anyone who's worked in Washington. Right? And you don't come up with those if you're a writer writing a screenplay. 
Um, and everyone was very upset. It was very controversial and scandalous. But in fact, belatedly, a news story came out saying that in fact the Pentagon had, I think, subsidized some of it, but had certainly consulted directly on the script. And I see more and more TV shows about the CIA and more and more TV shows about spies and gigantic blockbusters in which surveillance is normalized and gigantic blockbusters in which people are tortured to get them to talk in a way that might exonerate people who actually tortured people to get them to talk in Guantanamo. And there's all this money being pumped into these unaccountable, you know, terrorism-fighting things. And now there's no law preventing that money from going through front organizations right into popular culture. So that's of interest to me. And so another thing I want to say, and there's so many people waiting to ask a question, but I just need to say this, is I'm skeptical of certain news events that seem more theatrical than the norm, or I want to ask questions about them. Because I was in CNN once recently, and they were reporting a story about a water skier who had been decapitated on a lake between Mexico and the United States, and it had something to do with ter you know, a terrorism threat. Right? And I was like, decapitated water skier. Sometimes you hear these things and it's like so novelistic. You're like, real life doesn't work that way. Like these are so novelistic. Someone's coming up with it to make it stick in the popular imagination. Or it just makes you think, well, I'd like to document that. I'm a reporter. What's the source? And I, and it kept being just this one guy, Judge Arpajo in Texas. I may be mispronouncing his name. He's a very, cons uh, yes. Our, yeah, he was the source, he was the source, he was the source. And I have this wonderful Facebook community all over the world. And I went on Facebook and I'm like, Mexican Facebook community, is there any reporting about a beheaded water skier in this lake, in this place in Mexico? And they're like, no, there's, what are you talking about? And there's nothing like that. There's, doesn't exist. So I turned to the CNN producer and said, do you have a second source for this story? And it was all over the news, all over the news, all over the news. And they're like, uh, and they checked, and it's like, nope, just this guy, judge, whatever. And I'm like, well, can you find a second source? And they were blushing and embarrassed, and they looked, and they confessed that they didn't have a second source, which if you know what journalism is, you're <laughs> supposed to doc, you know, confirm it with two sources. So ever since that experience with CNN is running with this, no one's verifying it. Journalists aren't in a position to follow up on anything anymore, because budgets are slashed and there's no investigative reporting. Um, all this nonsense can enter the media stream for purposes that have to do with advancing agendas, because no one's checking. That's all I want to say about that. So we'll, we'll stop it right there, but you can see that what she was alluding to about fake news and these false flags that go on, sometimes you don't even know if that's actually accurate, if it's true, or at least what the media's narrative or a version of those events are. So, unless you get your news from mainstream media 100% solely, like I used to in the past, you're gonna get one narrative of the event. And you're not gonna sit there and question CNN, like that's CNN, right? They're the top news cable company in the world. You're not gonna question Anderson Cooper or Don Lemon or any of these anchors that they have when they're telling you these events, right? You trust them. Well, I think if you understand how propaganda works in the United States and how it's been legal for quite some time, you're going to have to start to take a second look. You're going to have to start thinking a little more critically, a little more rationally about the information that's being fed to you. Right? 
you need to realize that at the end of the day, you really don't know. And if you take a look at the alternative media space, it has been growing exponentially because people want the truth. They're tired of being lied to. They're tired of being told one thing when it's the opposite. And I hope our pretend representatives realize that and eventually get voted out of Congress. But that, that seems to be a big, big um, ask, right? So as you can see, our pretend representatives in Congress have proven that they do not represent the people and instead exploit us for personal gain. If anyone needs a reminder of the dangers of domestic propaganda efforts, I mean, just look at what has happened in the past. Take, for example, just recent news about the Jeffrey Epstein case. What they tell us is that this guy committed suicide. But when you use your rational thinking and your rational brain, you're going to say, you know what, I appreciate your opinion, but I think there's more to the story, right? I think there's something beyond that that has happened to that man that you guys are not telling us. And there's a, a great reason as to, a distinct reason as to why you're not doing that. So I hope you guys have understood just a little bit more about fake news propaganda here in the United States. It's scary. But I think the bottom line is you're going to need to do your due diligence in getting the truth. Because it's really impossible to tell if a news story is real or fake. Can American people trust anyone? No, not really. But you need to get a different source. You need to seek those alternative sources. You need to make sure that you get news and information from those that you can trust. And that have a reputable record of not retracting stories, of not creating fake news. Because I can tell you, if you're getting your information and news from any mainstream media outlet, New York Times, Washington Post, Politico, BuzzFeed, ABC News, CNN, Fox News, you're not getting the full story. And I'm starting to think for most of you listening, that has been obvious for quite some time. I thank you for listening to this very first episode of The Truth Podcast. I hope you join me next Monday and every Monday going forward as we question everything and try to seek the truth. Don't forget to share and like this episode. Visit truthpodcast.net. And of course, give a great rating on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. Thanks for your time. We'll see you next week.